Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Today, we are going to continue what we have been studying through January and into February of the topic of prayer. So the Lord gave Pastor Devon a word to pray more in 24, in 2024. And I believe when God is telling you to do something, it's because he wants you to go deeper in him. He's wanting to take you to another level. And pray more in 24 is not just a cute rhyme. I believe that God is preparing us for the things to come. He wants us ready. He wants us to be in line with his will. And when you're praying, you're drawing closer to God. And so we also have talked about how prayer is a weapon. It is a tool that you are to use and to utilize in the kingdom of God. And pastor has been... And just teaching wonderful messages about prayer that I encourage you to go back and listen to. And we want you to really come to an awareness that prayer is not boring. It's not just something to just hurry through or take up time. Um, It is about really tapping into the power of God for not only your life, but for others. And that it brings us to the title of this message, and it's how to intercede. So today we're going to talk about um, intercession prayer, about not just going to the throne of God for your prayers and your needs, but how do you go to God in prayer for someone else? How do you stand in the gap for someone else? So let's open our Bibles, if you have them with you, and it'll be on the screen Let's open to Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to start in 14 and go to 16. So it's Hebrews 4, 14. It says, So then, since we have a great high priest who entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I thank God that Jesus is our high priest, that he went through all the same testing and trials that we would ever go through, yet he did not sin. That is why he's our high priest. When the Jewish people um, celebrate Passover... And they would sacrifice a lamb and put that blood on the doorpost for Passover. Thank God we don't have to do that. But that Jesus was that perfect lamb for us. And, you know, it's interesting if you really, as we prepare for Resurrection Sunday coming up, if you really study that out and when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified at the time of Passover. God knows what he's doing. He knows every detail of our life, and he knew that Jesus would be crucified during that time so that he would just be that representative of our perfect lamb. And so I love this verse where it says that now we can go boldly to the throne of God. We know that we can come to God boldly because of the blood of Jesus. And for today, not just for ourselves. But someone else, we can go to God in intercession. So some people may listen to this and they've never heard the word intercession. Intercession or intercessory prayer, all that means is that you are standing in the gap. The gap 
between God and someone else. It's not like a priest because we are coming to the throne of God because of our high priest, Jesus. So we are not that priest that's standing in between God and a man. We're coming in the name of Jesus. So it's like Jesus is standing there. So when we're pleading someone's case before God, he sees Jesus because we come in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. So that is what intercession is. Intercession is when you are putting down your own needs and wants and you're lifting someone else up. It's like going through the week and you think, I can't get this person off of my mind. Why can't I get this person off of my mind? Why do I keep thinking of that person? That's the time to pray for that person. Maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take that person before the throne of God. Intercession prayer is such a gift from God because there are some people that will never go to God to pray, but we can go in their behalf. And that is how every one of us sitting here that is saved found our salvation. There was somebody praying for you at some point in time. They were praying for that exact moment where you would surrender your life to Jesus. That moment where it you may have not been praying, you could have been doing whatever, but there was somebody that came before God and said, I lift up this person to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That is intercession. And so I want to take a look in the Old Testament of an example of different Um, kinds of intercession. So let's look in Genesis 18. We're going to start in verse 22. And this is Abraham. And Abraham is having a conversation with God. I believe he is interceding for Sodom. He says, the other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the wicked, both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing. Destroying the righteous along with the wicked, why you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Here is Abraham interceding for Sodom. And he started out pleading for 50 righteous people. And it's interesting, if you read further, he goes on. And he's going back and forth with God, and God is saying, yeah, I'll spare it. You know, I'll, you know I'm, I'll spare it for 50 people. And Abraham stretches his faith a little bit more, and he says, what about 45? And they go on, what about 40? What about 30? What about 20? And then in verse 32, he says, oh, God, don't be angry with me. Kind of like a kid that just keeps asking. You're like, no more. And they keep asking. So Abraham's like, don't be angry with me, God. But can I make one more request? And this is kind of where I'm cheering on the sideline, like, please say one. (laughs) He says, would you spare Sodom for 10 righteous people? And God said, yes. But if you've read the story, God said yes, but Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And so I'd sit and I would study and I would pray and I would think, ugh, obviously God didn't find 10 righteous people. 
I'm not the one to judge anyone's heart. What if God, what if Abraham had went before God and said, would you spare it for one righteous person? Just go a little bit deeper. Would you spare it for one, one righteous person? I just sometimes wonder what would have happened. You know, there's no uh, prayer that is limited except by our own human knowledge. And that is why it is so important to have the Holy Spirit in you leading and directing you. And I sense this year, that's what God is telling us. When he says pray more in 2024, it's not just so we can rhyme and just have something to say all year. He's saying pray more in 24 that you're going to grow into a deeper knowledge, a deeper wisdom. Those are the prayers that you can pray over yourself in Ephesians. Go through the book of Ephesians. There are prayers in there that are anointed that you pray over yourself. God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know your will. You want to go deeper in that. And I believe that's what God is um, calling us to do this year. And with intercession prayer, it's interesting because these are times when someone may be going through a difficult time. And we have all been through difficult times. If you can sit in here and say that you have never went through a difficult time, then you're lying. And we can pray for you at the end. That's okay. Um, (laughs) But if you have taken a breath and you are living... You've went through some hard times, and that's okay. Nobody's perfect. And there are times when you are tired and you are feeling weak. That is not a lack of faith, and that is not to be ashamed. That is what Jesus, when it said that Jesus is our high priest, he's been through all of our tests and trials. He knows what it's like. And so with that, he's given us the gift of intercession. He calls people to come up beside you, to undergird you, to support you, encourage you during your times of trouble, so then when you are strengthened by the Spirit of God, you go strengthen somebody else. You be that person that stands in the gap for somebody else. So we're going to look at an example in the Old Testament in Exodus with Moses, and it's Exodus 17, verse 11, and this is a beautiful picture of how a human in their flesh became weak and someone stepped in to help them. See, we are a spirit made in the image of God, and we have a soul. That's our our mind, our will, and emotions, but we live in this body. It is a flesh body, and it hurts, and if you cut it, it bleeds because we don't have our glorified body yet. One day, we're going to have a glorified body, but while we're in this flesh body, there are times that sometimes we need somebody else to come up under us and help us, and in Exodus 17, verse 11, And we're going to read to 13. It says, As long as Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. This is Joshua was fighting a battle, and Moses had the staff. Every time he held it up, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. And Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hurd found a stone for him to sit on, and then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands 
So his hands held steady until sunset, and as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army in battle. This was a time when the mighty man of God, Moses himself, was so tired and worn out that he could not hold his arms up, and if he dropped those arms, he knew that Joshua and the Israelites would be annihilated. But God had somebody, Aaron and Hurd, who came up beside him, literally, had him sit down on a rock, on a stool, and they held his arms up for him. And God, when he told Moses, if you will hold your arm up, you're going to prevail. God, Moses wasn't holding his arms up. Somebody else was. But God still honored it. God honors it when we stand in that gap and pray for someone else. He's right there, that same presence. Let's take a look in the New Testament in Luke chapter 5. It's Luke 5, 18. And I, I love this passage. I'll probably refer to this passage every time I get up here. I love this passage because of just the, how radical these people were in their faith. It says, some, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. I'm going to stop right there, leave it up on the screen. Most people, if they had a need and they were helping their friend out and they came to the building and it was full, they would have turned around and went home. They would have gave up. I think we give up way too too easy you know we have the spirit of God in us we're supposed to be bold as lions we're not weak we need to stop this I'm gonna give up because it's hard we can go through hard things because of Jesus now if you don't have Jesus it's gonna be hard all I can say is you need Jesus and so these friends had a paralyzed friend and said we've done everything All we know to do that's left is get our friend to Jesus. We need to get him before Jesus. So they come to this crowd, and they can't get in the house because it is too crowded. And so let's look. Yep, so then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Let's go to verse 20. Seeing their faith... Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. So this is the New Living Translation. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus healed him. Jesus said his sins were forgiven. Let's take a look in the Passion. It says, some men came to Jesus carrying a paralytic man on a stretcher. He attempted to, they attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus. But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the roof tiles, and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. When I was reading this, I looked at the New Living Translation, I looked at the Passion Translation, I said, well, I know there are some people that are like, I'm only going to read the New King James Version. So I went to the New King James Version, and I read it, and I read the Young Literal Translation, and every single time it said, 
because of their faith, not because of the man's faith. We have example after example in the Bible of when somebody came in faith and Jesus healed them and said, your faith has made you whole. But this is an example where it said, Jesus looked at this man, he looked at those friends and said, their faith, your faith has made this man whole. That's intercession. That is an example of someone coming in, undergirding someone, and praying for someone in the name of Jesus, and their faith made that man whole. I want to look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. This is Paul speaking to the church, and here Paul is declaring how much he relies on intercession prayer. He says, for I know that as you pray for me, that's intercession, as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. So here Paul is saying, I need your prayers. I need you to pray for me as I'm going through these things because I know that with your intercession and the Spirit of Jesus, it will lead to my deliverance. So I'm speaking to anyone in this building or anyone listening online that deals with addiction or they have a family member that is dealing with addiction and they need deliverance. We declare that through standing in faith and intercession and calling upon the power of God, we're praying and declaring that they are delivered. They are free. They're set free. Do not use your natural eyes and look at that person and let your faith crumble because you're going to go out of here and you're going to see that person or you're going to hear the enemy say something and you're going to think because it's the enemy lying because every time he talks to you it's a lie it's not working no it's working the word of God is active it's alive and we declare it and that's the same thing maybe it's not addictions maybe it is um it could be a healing, it could be deliverance from depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. You can stand in the gap and say, in the name of Jesus, I bring so-and-so before you, God, before that throne of grace. I can come boldly because of the blood of Jesus, and I'm asking you to touch them, to deliver them, to set them free. Young people, you can pray for your friends. You can pray for your parents. Prayer changes things. And it is powerful. And we need to be tapping into it more and more. We, you know, I think sometimes not intentionally, but we do get lazy. And we, we just don't pray. We either don't pray or we just hurry up and pray. And we really don't think about what we're thinking about during the week. Especially, Pastor has mentioned it, this year, after 2020, and this year, who knows what's going to happen this year. We have to be prepared and prayed up. There is a plan of the enemy to divide, and he will use whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's a political stance, if it's a health medical uh, stance, if it's race, if it's gender 
The devil just looks at it and says, it's a door that's open and I'm going to try to stir up strife and divide. So we have to be in agreement and say, no, we are going to pray now. We're going to pray for our family members. If we got to make sure we're not talking about certain things when we go around our family members, that's fine. Use wisdom. But we can pray about these things to come. Um, And so I want to also go, let's see. I want to go to John 17. Now, this one's a little bit longer, so I don't want you to zone out, and I don't want you to just kind of say, oh, that's a long long passage, but I picked this passage because it is a beautiful passage of the love of Jesus. And I want to start in 17. We're going to start at verse 9. Now, this is Jesus praying, and I really want you to pay attention, especially to the very end. It says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you, Jesus is talking to God the Father, you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name that you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except for the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. The world is going to hate you because you don't belong to it. You are in this world, but you do not belong to the ways of this world. We should look different. We should sound different. It says, just as I do not belong to the world, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made whole, holy by your truth. Right here, I want you to really focus in on verse 20. This is Jesus, our Savior, in the flesh, praying. I am praying not only for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Hear Jesus Christ. I'm going to come back to it. But in verse 20, Jesus Christ is in the flesh, on this earth, praying for you. In that moment of time, thousands of years ago, he had you on his mind. He did not stop and just pray for his disciples that were with him, literally. He was praying for you, all those that would believe in me. He prayed for this exact moment in time where you would be sitting here Hearing the word of God, he knew you would be here, and he was praying for you. It says in verse 21, this is Jesus, he's praying now for you. He says, I pray 
that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. So here we see a wonderful example that Jesus, our Savior, interceded for us. So if you, at the beginning of this message, I talked about how you're here, you're a product of somebody praying for you. If you were thinking in your mind, well, nobody's ever prayed for me. Well, Jesus did. So if you never had an earthly dad or an earthly mom or a caregiver or a friend, you don't think that they cared enough about you to pray for you, Jesus prayed for you. So yes, you have. You have been covered. Every living person has a chance to heaven. Every single one. Because Jesus has already prayed for us. He's just waiting for someone else also to stand into that gap and to share the good news. How will they know if they don't hear? I believe, and I am definitely not a Bible scholar, but I believe sometimes when I think about people talking about the the coming of Jesus Christ and you hear about evil rising, mm -mm. I think, and this is me, so don't send pastor any notes about this. It's me. (laughs) I believe that as evil is rising, mm -mm. the church is still here. I believe his glory is going to rise too. And I believe if we open our eyes and we cut off some of the news that only wants us to see the evil rising, we'll hear accounts of the glory of God rising. Because I don't care, especially the youth, I know places where revival is breaking out upon the youth. I'm seeing teenagers that they love Jesus with a tenacity, And they're serving him, and they're on fire for him. I'm not looking at our youth and thinking, God, this is a generation going to hell. I'm saying this is a generation that's rising up. They're the ones that are going to share the love of Jesus. They're the ones that are bold enough. I mean, they're bold. These are not weaklings. These youth, they have a voice to be heard, and thank God, so many of them, that voice is Jesus. And they just share it so freely. So I believe that as evil rises, while the church is still here, the glory of God is going to rise. And it's going to continue to rise. And I believe that all the nations, everybody will have a chance to hear about Jesus. When we talk about missionaries and when True Life gives to different um, outreaches and these missionaries, they're going with a purpose They're going with a purpose to spread the news of Jesus. And I believe then when they have heard the good news of Jesus is when he will return. And so I choose to believe that his glory is rising. And even in the small infants and babies, their voices are heard. And we believe that they are worshiping and serving God. Thank God we have a place that we can bring our kids in. We don't have to tell them, shh, don't, don't, no. Let them see what the Spirit of God is like. Let them see how we worship and pray and praise. It's wonderful and it's beautiful. It doesn't have to be this perfect little thing in a beautiful little box. None of us are like that. Think about how we were when we got saved. I was not perfect and cleaned up. 
I was a complete mess. I was a complete mess with addictions that needed deliverance. (laughs) Jesus doesn't tell us we have to be clean to come to him. He says, just come to me. It's so simple. We think, oh, we got to, oh gosh, if they come, we want you to visit our church, but oh my goodness, if they come in, then no, uh, you are welcome. You come in because all Jesus said was come. He didn't say anything else. We have to stop adding the other extra stuff. He just said, come, come. We say we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, but what happens when somebody that doesn't look like you gets in front of you? Maybe they don't smell like you. Maybe they don't talk like you. Are you still going to share the love of Jesus? Or is it an act? Is it something we just do and we sound because we're at church on Sunday? No. We're the body of Christ. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to agree with sin. But Jesus said, come. So they, they come and we share Jesus. Not our opinions. We just share Jesus and share the love of Jesus. And when they have an authentic encounter with Christ, they won't stay the same. It's as simple as that. They will not stay the same when they encounter Jesus. Now, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 34. We're going to look at the New Living Translation first. And it says, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Let's take a look at that in the New King James Version. It says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. He is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So as I prepare to close this morning, I gave you an example of Jesus in the flesh praying for you. And now I've given you an example that Jesus has never stopped praying for you. He's interceding right now for us. That, if you have never felt comfort from anything in this world, that right there should comfort you. That all the time, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us right now. He's cheering you on. Don't give up. Don't lose faith. Don't stop believing for each other. Because God is right there with us. And Jesus is interceding for us. And sometimes I think about things like the world. The world's really loud. And the world is very radical. The world doesn't really care what they look like in front of people. But us Christians... Oh, sometimes we just do. And so I thought this morning, as we are preparing to close, I want to come into an atmosphere of what intercession is and standing in the gap. And I don't care what I look like, and I don't care how radical people think that I am, but I believe that the answer to everything is Jesus. I think programs and therapies and things like that are great, and God gives us those wisdom and anoints those people 
for those things. But there comes a point where you just have to have Jesus. And I will be radical enough to say that if someone just encounters Jesus, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about Christianity. You know, the idea and the thought of, I'm a Christian, the Christianity. I'm talking about if somebody comes into contact with Jesus Christ, that spirit, that spirit of the Holy Spirit, I believe that they'll be transformed. I believe that it will heal everything. And I will go out and say with boldness, I believe the answer to everything is Jesus. We don't have to make it complicated. Is Jesus. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.